Welcome to all of you out there. It is the boys from Rotosaurus. We are back, and we're bringing you the high-stakes heat. It's the late-night edition. It's Ooh. well after 1 a.m., July 14th. It is July 14th now. I okay. am Jake Hallisker at the Dust Mine on Twitter. Alongside me is the OG Night Owl himself. He's not even remotely close to his bedtime yet. Dave McDonald. <laughs> How you doing, Dave? Uh, you're not wrong there, Jake, but uh, <laughs> I am feeling a bit tired today. Yeah? You're run down. I've, I'm a little I've been, bit. I've been uh, tossing back a couple, so I'm not doing too bad. Well, but. yeah, we're we're both drinking today, so. Uh, Where can they find you on Twitter, Dave? They can find me at RunDMCD. Add that D. Add that D. Tonight, tomorrow, whenever on the show, whenever you're listening, we are going to go over some summer notes. We do have some more stuff to go over. Uh, we're going to take a look at the July. NFBC ADP that pertains to OCs, the online championship drafts. Those are 12-teamers. Mm-hmm. We did have a couple mains yesterday, well, two days ago now, Sunday. <laughs> but uh, we, we don't quite have enough information to draw conclusions from that yet. So we're going to look at those OCs first. And we're also going to take a look at some uh, scheduling stuff for the first few weeks of the season as it pertains to starting pitching. Right. Pretty important to do in this shortened season. Uh, yeah, in this season when uh, you're only going to probably get 12 starts out of a starter, you have to look at every single start you can. You know, I'm, yep. I'm looking at probably the first month or so of a starting pitcher's uh, likely scheduled opponents and all that and looking at park factors. Because, I mean, if a guy faces several guys who, uh, several teams who um it looks bad i don't know that it's worth drafting you right know? i mean you, i mean it's a third or a quarter of the season right right now. right and you know you'll go over that more when we get yeah. to the scheduling part but uh yeah there's some interesting developments there mm-hmm. for sure um okay so we'll start off with the summer training stuff um just a reminder we're not going to go through all the covid updates yeah because i keep you guys updated pretty well on that right. uh both between twitter and uh on the covid watch on rotosaurus so. yeah you guys can check that out at rotosaurus.com slash covid dash watch dave's always updating that i'll do that whenever i'm not busy with the 20 million things i do but <laughs> mostly dave uh but he keeps that updated for you with different categories of covidity yeah there's a whole bunch of stuff including whether they've had it and came back to camp and all that just because i feel like all of that could be relevant information somewhere or another Starting off, we have uh, a couple days ago, Jordan Hicks decided to opt out of the season, which, yeah. you know, the, the St. Louis bullpen was muddy to start out with. Mm-hmm. And we take a we take an arm out of it, and that really didn't help very much, did it? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's we've been getting information filtering down that it now sounds like, you know, Helsley was the guy all along, and, you know... Uh, I know Derek Pearson was was uh, one of the guys who was on that early. He was on, back in February. He was saying yeah, that. Yeah, and he's a St. Louis guy, so you know I think uh, he's got some some sources on the ground over there. So, uh, but there's there's a small contingency that were always saying it was going to be Helsley, and people just kind of assumed it was going to be Gallegos because of the fact that he was the better pitcher and because they had kind of given him the ninth in spring training, but. Uh, it seems like Helsley might have been their guy all along, but now you also got Carlos Martinez, who might be moving back from the rotation to the bullpen now. We don't know. It's hard to know. Um, They're not saying. Yeah, I, I would say no matter which direction you draft there, assuming Martinez drops a bit, because if he's still going, you know, by the time you're doing your mains, if he's still going fairly high, I'm probably just not going to bother with yeah. him. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's probably going to be a mess. Uh, but, you know, with, with Hicks out of the picture... It's uh, slightly clearer, I guess. Slightly less muddy. muddy. Yeah, Roster Resource hasn't made a commitment. Um, 
The Cardinals haven't made a commitment. They've said Helsley looks like he's going to get the first shot or he deserves the first shot or something to that effect. But um, that's probably your best guess, but it's just a guess. Yeah, don't, when it comes don't take him to too it. high, but, you know, once you're in, like, that fourth tier of closers or whatever, maybe yep. see if he falls you in a good spot. Uh, Terry Francona on Sunday uh, came out and said that the very likely top four in the Indians order was going to be Cesar Hernandez leading off, followed by Jose Ramirez, and then Frankie Lindor is going to be hitting third with Carlos Santana in cleanup. Yeah. That's a big change from Was it Santana years hitting past. second and Jose fourth? I thought it was the other way around, but I could be wrong. No, I, well, I, the one I saw was Jose hitting second. Okay, yeah. okay. Which is a little surprising with Santana's OBP. Yeah, a um, little bit, but, I mean, they're both pretty good OBP yeah. guys. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. And they're both switch hitters. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's four switch hitters to top that lineup. And and this is this is a you know a, a ding to uh, Oscar Mercado's perceived value. For sure, yeah. I, I didn't really think he was... It looked like in spring that he was going to be hitting like something like seventh right. all along. Uh, I think people were hoping he would hit higher, but uh, it never really looked like that. Um, and definitely a boon to Cesar Hernandez's value. For sure. Um, who's kind of overlooked. Like, he's yeah. not a guy that people get excited about. Could have some really good production atop that. Yeah, for sure. A lot of run lineup. production. Indians love to steal bases, and he has some speed, and he can give you a 6 7. I, and that's not nothing. No. And, um, and he could hit 300 probably for Probably good average, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of like him. I and mean, he goes late enough that he's a good value, For too. sure. And second base good is runs. a wasteland after you get past the top tier. Yeah, so. that's, an, that's another big thing, too. Um, it's also good for Lindor's value. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I, I looked into his steals. He might steal slightly less hitting third than leadoff, but I don't think it's anything uh, that's a big negative ding to his value. And uh, the fact that he's going to get significantly more RBI out of that right. spot than the leadoff spot. Yeah, I mean, and it shouldn't hit his runs too much. I'm not really looking either. to draft Lindor in the first. Um, as much as I love you, Lindor, uh, but um, please stay here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, he's definitely a little bit more interesting now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is probably the first year that I really haven't tried to draft him. Well, now he's like. going like in the middle of the first. Like in yeah. past years, he's been undervalued. So we were, you yep. know, him and him and him and J Ram have always been. Uh, you know, they were like late first, early second guys, and I was saying they're mid-first round talents and nobody's giving them their due, so I want to draft late and get both of them if possible. But, um, you know, I, now they're both kind of pretty much going about where they should. Mm-hmm. So there's not that same value that we've had in years past. Big one we got uh, dropped on us today. Yeah. From uh, Well... Big to us. Some big people, to us. Yeah, some some people, people still are putting on those rose-colored glasses and think this is not a big deal. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is one of Dave's favorite topics this, this offseason. Um, Jeff, Jeff Zimmerman's latest Mining the News piece on fan graphs highlighted in extensive detail uh, the changes that Justin Verlander's been making to his release point in light of his body's inability to handle his previous... Release point it's of almost like being seven feet two inches, seven, and throwing as hard as he does for yeah. as many years as he has is possibly a little risky. So he upped his or he raised his release point about nine inches about two seasons ago, right? And he's while his strikeouts uh, had a very nice uptick. Yeah, they and, went from like ten ish to twelve ish. Yes, right? yes, about twelve. Um, the the toll on his body seems to be a little too much to bear. Yeah, which is kind of what we've been alluding to thus far 
Um, so he is dropping his release point down again. This this is a pretty big deal. Um, as we mentioned, the the K, when he had his release point back at this level, about six and a half feet or so, his Ks were down around ten, as opposed to the twelve that you've gotten from him the last two years. Uh, couple that with the fact that he's already admitting that his body is not handling things nearly as much as it used to be able to. Yeah. You know, he said one thing fin- or one thing heals and another thing pops up. I've pretty, pretty much been dealing with it. And he kind of, you know, he was saying that he wants to play for another 7 to 10 years. It almost sounds like he's trying to do a LeBron where he's trying to uh, preserve his body yes. so that he can, for longevity, right. but not go all out mm-hmm. in the present. So for me... Obviously, I've been out on him all along, you know, but am I allowed to say that? Are you guys going to call me uh, have, that I'm taking my victory laps here? But I'm sorry. I took a lot of flack for this, a lot. I said I'm out on sale and uh, that I didn't have Verlander in my top 15, and people uh, gave me a lot of heat over that. And uh, I said, okay, you know, maybe it'll work out for you. Didn't work out for sale, can tell you that. Uh, and I don't think it's going to work out a whole lot better for Verlander either. We all know how early victory laps are perceived on Twitter, Dave. I know, but here's the thing. If you give it, you got to be able to take it. Uh, I'm a nice guy, but if you give me as much flack as you did, uh, you, the collective public, then I'm going to give a little something back. I feel like <laughs> don't, that's... Don't alienate 80% of our audience, please. <laughs> it's only our fifth episode. There was a lot of people, man. I got a <laughs> lot of heat over that. And I was like, God, geez, really? Are you guys this, like ignorant of risk like this is kind of silly i don't know but i don't know we'll we'll see what happens but it's not that's not a place i want to go this is not a little piece of news this seems like a pretty big deal um and we all know that verlander you know he was dealing with a couple of injury issues back in 2015 2016 somewhere in there but yeah you know aside from that even his i mean his performance was still subpar by his standards over the course of his career. So he's going back to that release point of before. Right. We don't, uh, it's, it's hard to expect him to give you that same elite production that he's been giving you the last two years. I would say so. I know you would. Oh, right. Like you're, like you're not agreeing with me on this. <laughs> I've never drafted. Oh, okay. I, me under the bus. I have not drafted Verlander. I know. That's I, at what least I'm saying. In, you're with me. You're... At least in recent memory, at least in my NFBC career, I don't think I've drafted him once. No. Uh, well, I did. Uh, so I was wrong the last two years, but you know what? I drafted him the year that he had a bad year. It was a long time ago. Fifteen, it was, maybe. Uh, might have even been earlier. I don't know. But he had like a five ERA. It was horrendous. And of course, that was the year I drafted yeah. him. Now. That's not why I've avoided him since. Uh, I haven't really avoided him until he got to be uh, older than 35. Then I was like, okay, I'm out. But uh, he just goes a little higher than... You're older than 35. I am. Yeah. Thus I know how that affects <laughs> you. You know how it works. I do. I am not older than 35 yet. Not yet. Good for you. I got a couple more months. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of guys that are always hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Our buddy, Byron Buxton. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um... It might not be something serious, but God knows what this guy <laughs> twisted his ankle, getting his cleats caught in the grass trying to catch a Nelson Cruz fly ball, uh, got carted off the field. This is this happened on Monday. Uh, team said there was no serious damage, and they're cautiously optimistic. 
Yeah, how do you feel about that? Can you be even remotely optimistic when it comes to Byron Buxton's health? <laughs> you know, I was listening to, I forget which doctor it was, but one of them who was, I, it might have been Stephen Lyman again, but he was something like about how, I, you know, he doesn't really believe in injury prone for the most part. And then he was like, oh, with some exceptions pretty much, like except for like Byron Buxton. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and our boy Tony is perpetually on Byron Buxton because, as you said... He drafted him in Dynasty Leagues, so yeah, like you know, he, the, he, the love is strong. Like, eight years ago or whatever, yeah. he kept him, and like he's his like little precious toy. And uh, What what was it that you said? Uh, he wrote that piece and then, oh, uh, about ago. the post-hype yes. guys, and uh, he was and he, and he hit on uh, Alex Gordon, and then ever since then, he's kind of been like looking for those post-hype guys. And, way uh, back in Rotosaurus's infancy, way yeah. before this podcast. Yeah, he had a very he had a very uh, good article that he wrote that that highlighted Alex Gordon's post-hype uh, possible breakout, and it did work out that year. So yeah, he's become the post-hype breakout expert. And then ever since then, he's been looking for that next one. We so. love you, Tony. <laughs> Yeah, I love you, buddy. But, sorry, sorry, Buxton. But so not Tony, be Tony's been trying to pressure me into considering Buxton for our main event team, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I don't. I just don't want anything to do with it. Look, he might have a good year one of these years. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't want to keep taking him far earlier than he should be going. The price was finally at a point that. where he wasn't totally cost prohibitive. Not totally, but he was but still hitting ninth. It's still yeah. And they don't run at all on the Twins. I mean, he runs a little bit, but right. there's not much that you can expect from him in the short season. And that's another thing. So this is an ankle injury, yeah. and being a steals guy, that concerns me. Like, right. If it's anything serious. Because they're saying it might not be serious or whatever, and that's fine. I mean, he got carted off. That's never a good sign. But, um, you know, anytime you've got a steals guy who's got a leg injury or an ankle injury, that's... Well, you know, if he would have walked off, he would have twisted the other ankle. Yeah. So... <laughs> They had to make sure he that probably got happen. COVID just from them <laughs> laying on that the cart. Field. Yeah, they forgot to sanitize it before he got. Oh on boy, it. that would be his luck. Yeah. Um, is the juice ball staying this year, Dave? Well, we had some yeah some video evidence of uh, maybe something to the positive. Yeah. Well, so I saw a couple days ago. Now, uh, CJ Cron Crone, sorry, uh, hit that Oppo Field pop up. Uh, and I, he's a strong guy, you know. It's not like he can't hit it out, but it looked like really like a pop up. And uh, I think it was Riley Green caught yes. it over the very wall. Very nice catch. Awesome catch, yeah. But it it very much looked like okay, this looks like that can of corn, lazy fly ball yeah. that's going to go out of the yard. Um, and we had speculated um, who a couple was episodes ago. Yeah, was it uh, some former player who tweets a lot was saying that he was expecting um, Dan Heron. Yeah, I think Heron? it was yeah. Dan Heron, yeah. and he was saying that he was expecting the um, the league the to keep ball the juice balls yeah. because of the fact that they want to keep people interested. You know, it's a short season because they've screwed up so much, and they going screwed up this. so yeah. much that they're like, okay, we need to do something to keep you know the audience into this. So. Right, and and we Indians fans also got treated to a video of Bradley Zimmer hitting pretty much the exact same home run that CJ Crone hit. Except for he doesn't have C.J. Crone's no. uh, power. It's, it's got power, but not, not opposite field uh, pop-up, uh, pop-up power. home run yeah. power. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a very high pop-up off of uh, Zach Plesak today, and it just kind of floated out of uh, progressive field. So. Yeah. So, in summary, we don't have any hardcore evidence or anything, but no. it seems... This is pure conjecture, but it looks kind of... It looks like, it, and it makes sense that it would be, so we're under the assumption until we find other... Unless we find narrative otherwise. Street. Yes, Narrative Street. Yep. We're, we're pretty much assuming it's going to be a juice ball. I, I think... 
I think the mon- the smart money's on that. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's our spring tra- or summer training. Yeah. Sorry. Summer camp. Summer camp. Am I allowed to say summer training? Did John Heyman say that was okay? I mean, I. Yeah, I don't care really what John Heyman has to yeah. say. So it's I fine. think we've established that. All right. <laughs> uh, on to our main topics for the show. First, we're going to look at the NFBC OC ADP. As we said before, these are the online championship uh, twelve team. NFBC leagues, they have happened since July 1st. So I think we had 22 of them. I believe so 22, far. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a decent sample. Yeah, it's certainly good enough to, to see right. what's going on. And you know everybody I mean? knows all the details of the season. So Right, yeah. And Other than the COVID diagnoses that happen every like, three seconds. You know, the ADP from March or whatever, even though it was 15 team, uh, it doesn't really matter because that was under different parameters uh, with a different, it was going to be a different, you know, season then. Uh, we can't use that. So no. much has happened it's, between March and now. The only thing you can do with it is look at who's significantly changed. Sure. Much. That's, sure. And, and even so, it's if you're going to take one set of ADP, it's obviously the, the current ADP that's yeah. much more important. And even though it's 12s, and 12s are certainly drafted differently than 15s, I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. Um, Closers, you know, and, catchers, you know, things like that. In the future, we'll have a pod pretty soon here where we go over uh, the main event sprint ADP once we have, right. you know, maybe like 10-ish. There have only been two so far. Right. There's been two, but there's a bunch this weekend. Um, so maybe like come Monday when yeah. we have like yeah, Right eight before or all of our main like events. That. Yeah, we'll have a, a enough of a sample size to look at to see kind of what's going on. Yeah. But uh, so what I did was... I looked. I was comparing um, the ADP that we had from pretty much like April first to you know like through June, um, and then comparing it to the online championships uh, through July so far. So um, I was looking at who was who was going up and who was going who was rising, who was falling, and kind of trying to speculate as to what the reasons might be for that, um, and. Uh, you know, the big one, of course, is the closers. Everybody's been yep. talking about that. They've, uh, it, the entire position, too. It's not like just like the top couple closers are going much earlier. Everybody pretty much uh, is going earlier, significantly earlier. Like I'm talking around to two and a half rounds earlier. Um, you're pretty much not seeing any closer going up less than moving up less than like 12 spots. Which is and in the middle rounds, that's super significant. It really is. So, you know, I think, and this is even in twelve-team leagues, right? Where right. people are, you know, they'll draft their two and a half closers, but they can wait a little bit more because you know, twelve teams, two and a half closers, that's thirty. So you can take a little while to get to that point, right? And so we, when the mains come around, which they already have, we've had a couple, but we already saw that the closers were skyrocketing even. Yeah, we from we so. In these 12-teamers, the closers are up, but we expect it to be even higher once we have the main event 15-team ADP because they're going to be even scarcer of a resource. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, even all the way down to, like, Brandon Kinsler, Wade Davis, Tony Watson, like, all these guys are going higher. So the only guy I saw that wasn't going higher was Ian Kennedy, um, and uh, Trevor Rosenthal was going, like, 200 picks higher, so... Take with that from you, what you will. Um, no, no early victory laps, Dave. I'm not taking a victory lap. I'm just saying <laughs> it, I still think Rosenthal's taking that job. Yeah. And even if he doesn't, I think he's certainly a threat. Right. Um, enough where 
Kennedy is like the one guy who's not moving up, and, and Rosenthal is. So mm-hmm. I mean, Rosenthal is going ridiculously late before, like in the five hundred or something. Right. And yeah, now yeah, he's draft going, champions. He wasn't even now he's going like three hundred or something. Yeah, I mean it's pretty high now, um, but I'll still be taking him probably. But uh, yeah, so closers were all going higher. Um, catchers were also on the whole going not not as high as the closers were, but they were a lot of the better ones were getting a bump. Um, it, which makes sense because it's a, it's a rare resource, you know. Catchers, there's only thirty teams, and right. most of them platoon guys platoon and everything. Catchers, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's 15 teams drafting, and, and they most each need of them to start are, two guys. Most of them are a sinkhole in two categories. So, right? Yeah. yeah, at least, if not more. So, yeah, we found a lot of clo- uh, a lot of the catchers are going earlier, um, and then. It, you know, a lot of it was health news, right? So, like, uh, well, this isn't health, but Mike Trout's obviously going. He's dropping because of the fact that he might sit the season out because he's, his wife is is mm-hmm. due. Or at least uh, miss a significant chunk, like yeah, two weeks, three weeks. Right. So I think, like, the best case scenario is he misses a couple weeks. I think the worst case scenario is he's just not playing this year. Yeah. So for me, uh, this might shock you, but... Uh, I am definitely out on Trout you don't, this year. You don't take risks in the first round, do you? <laughs> uh, no, I really don't want to take a risk in the first round, Jake. I, I would rather my first round. What pick if he dropped to the second round, Dave? I mean, which he has. A I still times. want my second round pick to play too, Jake. So uh. it's really uh, pretty much the same thing there. I mean, obviously it's slightly better, but I'd rather get slightly less stats. Yeah. Um, and not have. Yeah, the well, I mean, you take him in the second misses. round. Okay, you hope for him to be a first round pick, but. You know, how much more value is that than a second-round pick, really? Right. Yeah. There's a lot of good players going there. It's not there, like anyways. you're getting a massive discount. No. Yeah, if we're talking, like, fourth round, we'll see. Speaking of the health guys, I see somebody on your list that, that is intriguing to me. Uh, and it's a guy that we're, we're generally off, um, partially because of skills, partially because of health. But Adalberto Mondesi yeah. is a riser. Why is he a riser for, uh, for the I NFBC community? I am assuming it's because people are buying that he's healthy. I mean, it, but Blake Snell's a riser too. People mm-hmm. are buying the health. Um, they think that they've, you know, they might have been sketchy on him back in March, but they think that they're, you know, now it's July. They think that they've had enough time and that they're good to go. I disagree, but right. Um, I that's 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 what I'm thinking. You have any other? Uh, other, other, besides that, maybe just the the speed projections. I mean, he is projected to be one of the highest uh, steals gatherers this year. Sure. So at, you're talking about your rare resources. Steals will be one of them. Right. So that might be some impetus for some people. Could be. But I don't know how much else he's going to bring to the table because with right. the shoulder injury, major shoulder injury, he's probably not going to have a ton of power. Oh, middling power, yeah. And he's, we've been over how bad his contact rate is. Right. So I don't think he's going to be a boon in average either. Nope. So you're really getting steals and runs that you can count on, and that's probably Your about third it. third-round pick. Yeah. And isn't he sl- sliding into the late second for even, the, I think? For the mains, he's going to be there. Yeah. Because uh, of those steals, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, doesn't make any sense to me, but that's what's happening. He's he's going higher. Um, Clevenger's another guy who's rising, but that makes sense because, um, you know, back in March we were out on him, yeah. But because uh, he was trying to rush back, he with, was he was the, kicking it after two weeks after having his meniscus removed, and that's kind yeah. of a no no. Right, and you know he was trying to push himself, and we were all we were scared by that, yep. as both as Indians fans and as fans here. Right, so, yeah. Um, we were hoping he wouldn't do and that. I had already drafted him at that point. So. Oh boy. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Oh, my first DC, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. 
And then, uh, but now he's had significant time. You know, the back is still a slight concern, but for the most part, I understand why Clevenger's rising. Yeah, I don't think the knee's an issue anymore. No, it shouldn't be. Meniscus is a pretty, it's not a serious injury as long as it's rehab properly, so. Right. And then there's been a bunch of uh, fallers due to COVID concerns like Freddie Freeman, Victor Robles, uh, Yon Mankata, Charlie Blackman, um, and Aaron Nola, who they originally thought had it, but it turns out he didn't. Right. So he should so, be... Yeah, some of those earlier drafts probably, probably influenced Yeah, that, Nola, yeah. Nola will probably rise a little bit from this ADP, I'm guessing, in the main. Um, Blackman's back now, so he should be okay. Uh, you know, And then there's Aaron Judge... Who's clearly not healthy? And I was gonna, I was gonna ask you on. about Aaron Judge because yeah, I, I heard some talk on different pods about how he fell to you know the '90s in certain drafts, and people were all up in arms that he would be allowed to fall that far. <laughs> would you even take him at that point? No, I, I didn't think so, and I tend to agree. Like, why? Like, what do you? Every doctor's opinion I've heard is that he's not going to be good right. this season. Yeah. So, I for me, I don't know. I, I'm not a doctor, so I rely on people who know more than me on things and uh it sounds like he's even if he p- tries to play he's either gonna hurt himself even further or he's not gonna be effective so i'd rather just take a guy who let's say let's say aaron judge somehow defies everything and he's awesome i'm pretty sure i can find someone who will be going at the same time as him who will be give me pretty close to what he gives me you right know? so that's how i look at yeah, it yeah i mean in this shortened season you know the the difference in power between a sixth round pick and a second round pick is what three homers? I mean, yeah, four homers. Be. I that's why, and that's another reason why getting those uh, non sinks in certain categories like power, where you know for steals, I want those well rounded guys right. because I'm getting some homers exactly. from them still, uh, so that I don't have to have a Malik. And you're spreading your base around exactly. So if you've got you know if you're pairing Mondesi with Judge. Yes, you're getting a lot of homers and a lot of steals individually, but I could just take two well-rounded guys and get basically the same stats, mm-hmm. just not depending on those two specific guys. And if one of them gets hurt, it's a lot easier to exactly. replace what they were giving you. Right. Or at least a good portion of it. Yeah. And so, oh, uh, another guy was Starling Marte, um, mm. who's had a hell of an offseason losing his yeah. wife, and uh, which is so sad. Um, and then he was uh, he was a late arrival to camp, and he arrived. You said uh, today? No, it was Friday actually. Or Friday, okay. It yeah, yeah, definitely Friday. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm assuming he'll probably start to move back up. Um, assuming he's good to go and and all that. Yep. Um, yeah, he's not a starting pitcher, so he shouldn't shouldn't right. take him that long to get back to where he needs to be. Right. Corey Kluber was another riser based on his health. I think people are buying his health, especially after his. Uh, latest outing that we talked about in the last spot, or not right. latest, but I, I guess the the yeah. one where he he'll probably be starting either to today or tomorrow. Yeah, again. Yeah. Um, other guys like Rich Hill's gone up uh, huge amounts. Yep. Um, that's expected. Right. Right. Um, I get it, but everything I've heard from doctors is that this guy is is basically his arms being held together. You don't like forty year old guys that should have gotten TJ but didn't get it. <laughs> not particularly. Mm. No. Um, how about you? Uh, I'm going to agree. Plus, okay. he's a two-pitch guy. You know, I know Yeah, the, but the I, results are great. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I, I hear you, but when we're talking about like post-300, I'll take a two-pitch guy. It's right, fine. but I, it's not post-300 you know, anymore. No, it's not. That's <laughs> the thing. Now he's way up there. Um, I don't, yeah, what is it? One, maybe 190, 200? 
Why don't you do a search? I will do a search, and <laughs> I will click-clack on my keyboard here. It is 181, so I wasn't too far off. Yeah, and I think he was at like 3-something His high before. pick is 146, min pick is 229 in July. Yeah. Uh, I think you did that the other way around, but yeah. I, I say it that way. Okay. Sorry. I, there's there's no max pick set way to say that. Yeah. Well, min pick usually means his early pick, but for you, <laughs> jerk. Um, so Alex Verdugo. It's another, like you've been doing this longer than me, or something. Another guy, uh, yeah, almost like uh, Alex Verdugo. Another guy who should be healthy now. Uh, he's been a big riser. Should be. Yeah. Well, he broke his back, so that's not. Great. He's he's like almost he another Buxton for, Buxton for me. Well, that yeah, dude's just as glass as Buxton is in my book. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I'm probably not in on him where he goes now, but yeah, he's uh, he's another big time riser. Yoenis Cespedes, another guy, you know, who <laughs> <laughs> attacked by some boars, and uh, I, yeah, I I don't, I'm not expecting much out of him. What what are you hoping for? I don't know. I mean, I guess people are thinking he's gonna be prime Cespedes. Dude couldn't walk DH. for two years. Like I yeah. He's know. not going to be playing in the field because he can't move. Right. I mean, I I guess if he's going post 300, but this is one I should have known already as well. Where, where is he right now, Dave? Suspidus uh, is currently going like 293. Two, oh, 285. Okay. I mean, it's, not it's too late bad. It's enough. not cost prohibitive. No, it's, it's not it's cost prohibitive. 19th round. I'm still not expecting much, though. Yeah. Um, and then Griffin Canning is another guy who... Should have had Tommy John yep. surgery, who didn't, mm-hmm. and another guy. Was he a PRP guy? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And he's another guy I'm way and out And the on. Angels have a great track record with that. <laughs> yeah. In not, recent years. Yeah. Not touching him. Uh, and then Aaron Hicks, another guy made of glass, <sighs> who uh, finally able to makes come me back. Sad. I, I know. We we were always big Hicks 2018, fans. we were big Hicks guys. We were. We were. And he's going, he's, he's going like 320, so it's not like cost prohibitive, but... Is he um, going to run with... Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, he, he's post-TJ. He's, he's TJ, but he was also a back guy before that, right? A what? Was he a back injury before that? Uh, Am I remembering that incorrectly? I, he has had so many injuries, I can't keep track of him. Okay. But he has had back issues I thought before, so. I believe. He missed time in 18 for that, I feel like. Right. So those are a lot of the guys that are moving up and down based on health. Uh, then there's a bunch of guys who... Perceived health. Perceived health, yes. Good, <laughs> good clarification. Allegedly. Uh... Then there's a lot of guys who moved up based on a role change. Um, pretty much guys who are, you know, had some things solidified. Well, I think people thought. Kind of. Yeah. Like, for a couple. Like Hampson and Hilliard both kind of went up a bunch. Um, but then the Rockies signed Matt Kemp. Yeah. And uh, it still doesn't really sound like they see... Hampson, for sure, as a full-time And they guy. still have other guys besides Kemp. I know. They could slide in. Right. Right. Even with Desmond out of the picture. Yeah. So I I've I've been hearing guys anointing Garen Hansen as the second baseman full time. Do you think there's any chance of that? I don't with think this so. team? I think Rogers is the guy that they see as their as their future. Yeah. And I think that Hampson's that, an outfielder. I mean for them. pretty much there now, right? I mean Rogers has nothing left to prove in the minors. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like they've had every opportunity to kind of cement Hampson in that role and they've chosen not to so right to me that kind of speaks volumes I mean they've done what's then they've done that with so many guys though they right. it feels like they can't commit to anybody in that line yeah and that's the thing so then you've got uh Ryan Braun who is a guy that we're interested yep. in because uh with the DH and the NL um he's flown up draft boards mm-hmm. um and I think rightfully so right you know he's 
one of those few guys who can contribute in every category. Yeah. And his his only issue was that he sat so much. Um, now I don't think that's going to be an issue. Do you? No, I, I I don't see it being that big of an Between issue. First base in the outfield. Yeah, first base DH. outfield DH. You know, you got Avaseo there, but there's plenty of at bats for everybody now. Yeah, I would agree. And and he contributes speed, which right at that point where he's going uh, was about two ten. Is that right? I think yeah, two ten. Yep. I mean, it's it's hard to find guys that can contribute in five categories at that right. point. Right. And he can he can. Give you a good average. In a short season, he can yeah. he can be a, an MVP type candidate. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, Ross Stripling looks like he's going to be in the rotation now. You think? Possibly. I mean, I guess it's his. It, it seems it, like it's more likely to be him than the other guys, probably. I think so. So he's he's certainly going earlier now. Yeah, that's. Uh, Probably, I don't know how probably off- too early for me. I think I love him, but I don't know how often he's going to go over five innings. You know, he's uh, and he's a guy that they can move back to the bullpen. Yeah, at any there's point. a number. Yeah, we know they they've jockeyed him around before when he was performing well as a starter. They've, right, they've jerked him around. Yeah, and they have multiple guys. We've talked about this before ad nauseum. Yep. They they got eight guys that could start piggyback for three innings, whatever. They could do that to Stripling. They could throw Gonsolin behind them. Yeah. There's too many things that could go wrong for that to make it really someone that I'm really in on. I'm not out on them or the anything. The skills are great. Yeah. But what kind of innings can you hope for? 50 innings, maybe? I don't think that this is the right time to be taking a guy like him, even for where he's going. So, I mean, I don't know. If he had made it to the Angels like he was supposed to? Yeah, that we, could have been. We'd be interested. Well, it'd been a six-man rotation there, but That's I'd be true. more interested probably. Yeah. Um, They'd at least be likely to give him more. Yeah. legitimate starts. So speaking of piggybacking, a, a late guy that a lot of people like, Drew Smiley. He's been moving up a lot too. Um, <clears throat> he was going to like the five hundred range probably before people realized that he was a rotation candidate, mm-hmm. and now he's going significantly higher. I remember Toby was on him very early. Here's yeah. another shout out to Toby. Mm-hmm. You got your shout out this episode, Toby. <laughs> yeah, can we be friends again? We're, we're still friends, right? All right, cool. <laughs> but I know he was drafting him a lot in the DCs early on. Yeah, but speaking of piggybacking, you know the Giants are talking about doing that. I mm-hmm. personally, I feel like Smiley's probably likely yeah. to be piggybacked, yeah. right? I mm-hmm. mean, other than Cueto. Right, they everybody. Got, Gaussman, seems like... We know Gaussman performs better as a reliever, so it makes sense to piggyback him. Yeah, uh, we don't know who their fifth starter is officially, but Suarez, you know, or, Suarez or, or, or Webb. Logan Webb. Yeah, yeah. right. So, so it, it makes sense. So yeah, I uh, Smiley's Samarja probably they won't do that with. Yeah, that's true. He's probably pretty durable. Smarja. But... Um, Smiley's a guy who I'm not out on, but I'm not in on either. I would say. Yeah. Um, and then Chris Bassett, who that's looks a, like he's an interesting one. Yeah, looks like uh, he might start, you know, with uh, Lazardo having the Rona. Um, there he'll you go again, certainly miss. You millennial. Yeah, well, I mean, you told me to use that term. Did I? You oh. did. Yeah, I called Don't him the lie. vid, and you said uh, that the Rona <laughs> that sounded too better. Millennial. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I like so, Bassett. Um, I like how you change your tune. Like, like you'll make fun of me for something that you came up with. I, I, this is, this I is throw like, it out and I see if it this sticks. This is like the hashtag no filter thing all over again, which was your idea, and then you were Nobody like, knows that for real. <laughs> like, they can believe who they want to believe. I'm going to tw- I'm gonna take a picture of you saying that in a text message and tweet it You're out. You're going to take a picture of me saying a word? How, no, it's in my do? text with you. Oh, I see. A screenshot. <laughs> uh, yeah, screenshot it. You're going to take a picture of your phone. Uh, he's a millennial now. Speaking Anyways, of, so speaking Bassett, so he's interested. Chris in Bassett, yeah. yeah, I do, I do. I'm interested in Bassett. Uh, okay. The stuff is good. Um, it's it was just the role uncertainty, and 
It's going we, like, don't, we don't know how long Lazardo's going to be out though. He's going to three fifty area now, so it's um, it's it's palatable. It's, it's palatable, but he's going ahead of some guys that I would take over him. I'll say that. He's, that's right around Turnbull, right? Yep, Turnbull Voth. Yeah, oh, um, yeah Voth, it's going yes. a little after Kikuchi, um, and uh, you know, ahead of guys like Smiley and Duffy and Plesak. So I don't know. Um, I'm not. There I'm could not, be something. There. I'm not opposed, but how long is he going to be in that rotation? Right. You know. I mean, um, assuming Puck can somehow stay healthy. Yeah, they got injury risks. So I mean, he sure. is their next man up, no matter what happens to any of. I mean, if something happens to any of those guys. Um, yeah, I, I don't dislike him. I just don't particularly. Manaya is not either. guaranteed to stay healthy either. He's another one. I like Manaya. Another one with shoulder issues and stuff, though. So. Well, I think he's okay for now. Yeah. Just his past. So then there's a lot of uh, a lot of movers. Uh, for spring, uh, who had good springs, so um, you know Barrios with his uh, two mile an hour uptick now throwing 95 where he was sitting 93 last year. That's pretty big deal, and uh, he's jumped significantly recently. Um, Will Myers, your former boy, um, years ago, yeah, he, not the last few years. He had a real dominant spring, so I'm pretty sure that that's the reason why he's jumping up to it. Plus, with the DH, he has more paths to playing time now, so. Looks like he can uh, be something this year. Could be. I mean, um, he's another power speed guy. Terrible yep. average, but yep. Ivaldi is jumping up big time. You know, he's uh, throwing a hundred miles an hour, and um, uh, he's always had the velo pretty much. Yeah, so. but I mean, if there were ever a time to take Ivaldi, this might yeah. be it because yeah. you know, sixty games. That's about they all they got to start him too. For. They can't take him out of no, the rotation. They have no. <laughs> They have three starters. <laughs> Two. Do they? Have Jesus. <laughs> they don't even have three. Yeah, because yeah. Eduardo's got, got the Rona. It's real bad. So, uh, yeah. If you count Martin Perez as a starter. <sighs> I mean, you have to. Yeah. But I don't they know. They have that, to. I don't know, that I don't know if I have to. Ryan Weber and Brian Johnson is. Starters. And nobody. Yeah. Jesus. That's it. Yeah. They are horrendously bad. Um. Other guys jumping up. J.A. Happ had a really good spring. Um, Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns. People are still kind of hoping that they dreaming, dreaming that they get one of those uh, rotation spots in in Milwaukee. Well, Lauer had had uh, Lauer COVID. Agreed. Oh yeah, but he's he's totally back now, right? I, Is he back in camp? No, um, it's been back and forth with him. But I think the okay. the main thing to, with Lauer is that they said he might not be ready to start the season. He's currently on the IL. Okay, got so it. So they kind of brought him. Back to camp, but then he went on the IL. So kind of like uh, Delano DeShields mm-hmm, did. Mm-hmm. But so you know, uh, I'm I would take guys like Peralta and Burns because I'm very in on their skills. Um, it's just a matter of getting an opportunity. Um, Three thirteen for Peralta. What is uh, Burns is right around Burns? there too. He's okay. slightly after. Slightly after. Slightly after. I'll go the opposite direction on my computer. Okay, yeah, three nineteen. So they're right yeah. in the same range. Yes, yeah. I mean that's but twenty first, twenty second round. Uh, I mean it's it's worth it for me. So, um, and then you also got kind of late guys, shoemaker who looks like he's pretty healthy yeah. and I'm I'm into that. Looked good this spring. Yep. Um, he looked, he looked great before he, came he got back. hurt. Yeah, yeah. He, that's another. He just he cannot stay healthy, but he's healthy now. So, and then the other late one that I like a lot is Danny Duffy, and he's he's jumped up big yeah, time too. I feel like that. he's getting a lot of love lately. That's, yeah, that's well, getting well his documented. slider's up four miles an hour, so that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then guys who have fallen a bit, Sandy Alcantara, who could not find the strike zone in the spring. That's a pretty big warning sign, um, possible injury that he's hiding. 
Uh, Max Fried, another guy who had a real rough spring. He's fallen drastically. And uh, Lucas Giolito as well. And that's an interesting one to me. Yeah. Um, what do you make of that? I mean, it, for me, it probably has to do with the the perceived inconsistency. I mean, last year we talked about this before as well. It's It was a... The, he went from month to month just kind of bouncing between two and five ERAs. It right. was all over the map. And I guess people aren't buying it. He's going to be a consistent pitcher for them. And when you're taking him as your ace or your high number two, you know, in a 60-game season, you kind of want to know what you're getting from Yeah, him. I think that that's pretty much what it boils down to is even, even late season, you know, where people are like, raving over his skills he had a lot of inconsistency out mm-hmm. in, inconsistent outings so uh you know if you're looking at him compared to a guy like kershaw who's pretty pretty steady yeah. every time out yep. there it's real hard to convince yourself to want to take that shot on giolito in a short season in a right. long season i could definitely see that being a better case for that yeah more time for him to grow and even out and you right. know last year was his first year giving you anything that was remotely startable so Right, and it, plus it was his first year using new mechanics, so you would expect there to be some some bumps. But like we're saying, sixty games, twelve starts, it's not a lot of time for everything to coalesce, even out. Yeah. yeah. Um, one guy who I I didn't have a category for, I don't really know why he's going higher. Nolan Arenado is going a little higher. Higher is he really? I like why. Uh, that is kind of interesting. Now the only thing I could think of was back. Maybe this is maybe they think he's not going to get traded anymore. Well, right. So maybe yeah. like back in April when there was kind of like that trade risk, he was going a little later, mm-hmm. and now that's kind of because now I don't think he's going to get traded. I don't know. He is a guy that you know what you're going to get from. You do. Um, but what I'm getting isn't quite enough for me to want to take him in the first right. round. Personally. We need some speed, probably. Um, nothing against him. He's a great player. Uh, but yeah, no speed, and um, he's a good. He's got a good average, but I can't count on like that. 320 kind of average he can he can hit 315 but um you know he's probably more in the 290 to 300 range more i would say yeah and it kind of when you take a guy like that it kind of forces you to take speed with your second pick and if you have a pitcher there you really want then you right you have to pass or you have to think about mondesi in the third round and you're not going to do that no And then uh, a couple guys that we like uh keston hira bo bichette and nick castellanos all going a little higher now um, I just have to assume it's because, you know, people are just in on him. You know, that I, I think uh, when you look at the high-stakes leagues, you're going to have the uh, sharper players, and they know who to target. Um, so I think it makes sense. I don't think anything there is a shock. Um, Altuve's going a little later, though. Um, and in addition, guys like Woodruff, Paddock, Sonny Gray, Zach Gallen, and Denilson Lamette all going later. Yeah, um, a lot of those are some preseason darlings. That is sh- kind of shocking. It is. I think, well, Lamette, he doesn't go. He has a lot of, like, sub-five-inning outings. He's very think, inefficient. Yeah, he's super inefficient. I think that that's probably why he's going. Yep. I think we've covered that before. Yep. Gallen, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I, I, he's just in that range he where all the closers are starting to go. He could be in that range where people are taking those closers, yep. that second-range tier of closers. Give. And same with Sonny Gray, right. I think. Um and Paddock, I think, probably goes back to the same reason for Giolito. He's, he's got that inconsistency. He had a lot of uh, inconsistent outings last year as well. So I don't yeah. think you can really count on him to provide the innings, though. I do like him a lot. I feel like, his, if I remember right, weren't his, his stretches of, of stellar performance were much longer, and then he just kind of had a couple bad starts in a row. Is that is that I remembering wrong? I can't remember, but I, I remember seeing less of like those seven-plus inning outings like with... 
solid stats and more of the like five innings pitched and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I don't pretty, have six monitors for all these games. I, I know, like I know, that. yeah. Uh, and then pretty much the whole Dodgers rotation, including Urias, Stripling, you know, Wood, they're all going higher. Uh, I'm assuming probably just because people are trying to get those wins and the Dodgers are a pretty dominant team. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know how likely you are to get a win when you're starting to bank on wins. Innings, yeah. It's hard to bank know? on wins when you know they're going to get pulled uh, if, if something's remotely off. Right, right. Some other interesting ones um, we mentioned. Uh, we talked about it, um, me and you off air. That you know they're talking about possibly platooning Grisham, so he's going far later than uh, he was before. Um, Nick Madrigal sounds like he might be kept down right. for the first week or so, as most minor leaguers probably will be. Yeah, we think that most people, so that they get that the more eligibility right. is another year. One week of time in the minors week, is yeah. not worth one year of. But this thing, if you think the Madrigal's coming up after a week, he's still a great buy. Yeah, but, and there's not a lot of speed late, so. But pretty much hitters on the whole are dropping. You know, it's it's basically what what happens every year. Starting pitchers move up. This year, closers have moved way up, and so something has to drop. Right, and that's for the most part just hitters. So. Um, you know, all those solid guys, you know, they're, they're all pretty much dropping. Um, Did we touch uh, on uh, Dansby? Did you bring him up? No, that was the last one okay. I was going to bring Got up it. was Dansby Swanson. That's an interesting one. So Dansby yeah. Swanson, kind of a, a big target for a lot of people right. this offseason. There's a lot of talk about Swanson. A lot of talk about him. Um, and he's falling dramatically. Like 40 spots he fell to the to the OCs from from the earlier drafts, so I don't know. What do you make of that? I, I it's not a health thing, right? Not that I know of. No, I, I mean, mean I, he had I've injuries last year. On, I've done searches on him. I couldn't find anything that explains why he's dropping. I mean, other than being a a bat and the fact that you know a shortstop, his, he's a shortstop, so he's, he's at a deep position. But yeah, I mean, it was it was you know pretty easy to see what his issue was last year. He had that that uh, was it a heel injury? It was a foot injury of some kind. Um, right? But anyway, I mean, it was he was performing at a very high level, injured, came back in the toilet the yeah. rest of the season. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that he hasn't... It's weird to see him... like it's not, Mostly healed by this point. It's not weird that he would have dropped a little bit, but to drop like 40 yeah, spots... Yeah, that's almost three rounds. Says when something. he already was going fairly late for his skill set. Right. I mean, what he could provide ah. you... The, the steals that it's he could give you were... What, uh, you know, Ten steals last year in a in a partial season. I mean, you could get theoretically four to six. That's not nothing from your uh, shorts or your middle infielder and a fifteen teamer. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he had he's had ten steals the last two years each year. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. He's got he's he looks like he's got good power, decent average. Yeah. Um, a I good really lineup. I I think it's just showing you that. You know, you there those those hitters are are falling in that area in that like three hundred kind of area. You can get a lot of solid hitters. So I'm thinking, you know, make sure you get those pitchers earlier. Uh, you know, along with your stud hitters, but yeah. don't be don't be uh, stubborn. You yeah. know, don't don't worry about feeling like you're losing out on. I know you're going to touch on this. A yeah, little bit but here, take but. what the draft gives you is what yeah. I always say. You know, don't uh, don't just say, well, I need a hitter here, I need a pitcher here. You know, look at look at the relative value of each position at each part of the draft and say, can I get something? You know, if I go here later in the draft, will I get a better you know pitcher if I take them here? So you just always have to be looking at that and always be cognizant. And uh, 
it's kind of a good uh, segue. It is. Would you like to introduce it? Oh, I no, can do no. It. I mean, that's, I that's mean, your job. This is going to be uh, hashtag no filter number two. Yeah. So if it's more than one, it becomes a bit, right? I mean, that was the plan that you drew up. Yes, I believe I, you wanted this I, to be a There's still no bit. proof of that at all. Uh, I will tweet it out. Until you tweet it out, uh-huh. there's no proof. Yeah. And then I'll flag it and Twitter will remove <laughs> it. <laughs> Have at it. You're such a dick. Have at it, McDonald. <laughs> yeah. So uh, something I touched on last episode, those rare resources. And as you can probably see from what we were just talking about, there's a lot going on uh, with you know, closers this year are probably the rarest resource because you can see them getting pushed up big time. Um, but, you know, as I, I talked about, the catchers are also going earlier too. So, you know, in, a, in NFBC, and again, as always, we're specifically referencing, for the most part, 15-team NFBC leagues with an overall prize. So, uh, you know, you need to have two catchers, so obviously super rare. Uh, closers are... Guys that you can count on are pretty rare, but people are, I think, trying to take... It seems like they're trying to take three closers uh, this year a lot because there's so much uncertainty, and nobody wants to spend 60% of their fab budget trying to pick up a closer. So, uh, And then, as I've said, you know those good stolen base guys, you know, so you don't have to rely on the Malik Smiths and the Gerard Dysons of the world, a.k.a. bad hitters who could pull a Billy Hamilton and straight up lose their job, so you don't want to rely on those guys. And then aces is another uh, rare resource. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to start your anchor your rotation with a guy that you're not sure what you're gonna get from. Um, now there are some people who are on the other side of that where they think because this is a short season, small sample size, a lot of volatility with ERA and WHIP both being rate stats, and I get that. Um, having said that, I myself still want to get that um, that ace. But so rare resources, getting them. Early in the draft means you have a much better shot at drafting great values anywhere they fall in the draft. It allows you to take advantage of the draft value inefficiencies compared to ADP. So, for instance, instead of needing to take a stolen base guy or a closer or another starter, you can instead choose to draft whichever player you actually value more overall because you don't have that huge need. So you can just take the best player on the board. You can use your early picks then to set up the rest of your draft this way. So probably the biggest inefficiency to take advantage of this year in most drafts will be trying to time those closers. Um, What you want to avoid is having a run of closers all go in like a round or two and all within that round or two. You have like the third highest and the 13th highest closer go. And like we saw, uh, I believe it was from a 12-team OC, where the guy who started the closer run took Kirby Yates and Roberto Osuna in back-to-back picks. And then it was this huge run that swept the entire round, and I'm pretty sure someone ended up taking, like, Rysel Iglesias, like, maybe, like, 15 to 20 picks after those two went. So imagine being caught on the wrong side of that run where you could have had a guy like Osuna or Yates had you taken one around earlier, and instead you end up with a guy like Iglesias. That's a huge difference. And the difference between those guys will be much bigger than the difference between a starting pitcher or hitter that you take there instead of a closer uh, compared to taking them around later. So like a starter that you would have taken over a closer the, the round that all the closers went compared to a round later. So if you can get a closer relatively early at a decent enough value, you won't need to take a second one necessarily when the run hits. Uh, unless you think it's still there's someone who's still a good value there that you really like. 
So then you can just pounce on whatever hitters and stars fall there because people are panic drafting closers instead. So while everybody else is panic drafting, some guys are going to be falling because these closers are going to be going much earlier than their value would otherwise suggest they should be going. So then you can take whatever falls to you because there's going to be some hitter, some starter who should not still be on the board who is because everybody else needs to get those saves. Um, so you want to put yourself in the position where you can take advantage of that to take what the draft is giving you. So basically, you always want to have the resource that everyone else is desperately overdrafting before that run occurs. So for those teams caught by the run, they feel that they have they now have to draft a closer because they'll have a hard time competing without taking a decent one because in an overall league, you got to have saves. Like, you can't just skip it. It isn't likely anywhere close to the best value on the board, though. But without that solid closer, their teams will be in trouble. So relatively speaking to that team, their value is much higher than it would be, you know, in a vacuum where you don't have that thing that you need to get. So by accumulating those rare resources early, when you, if you can get that that catcher, if you can get that that closer early, if you can get that ace early, you're never going to be pressing later in the draft because you absolutely need something. There might be stuff that you're like, okay, I could use some more steals or I could use some more saves, but you don't you don't have to panic draft at that time. And so when we put ourselves in a position to grab whatever value falls to us later, we don't have any when we don't have any serious deficiencies we have to address. We're getting the best player possible at those times but you never know when in a draft someone's going to fall and at what position so that's why it's always good to stay flexible too um there's runs on things other than closers too you know we've talked about there's usually when it gets down to a couple of the big stolen base guys late and catchers there will always be a catcher run too um so you you want to have those guys you want to be set at those things so that you don't need to get involved in those runs so that you can take those values. Ooh, baby, it's hot in here. I'm going to open the windows and air it out. <laughs> we'll take a break and we'll be back. <laughs> and we are back. Dave, that was amazing. Well, thanks, man. There are, there are so many things that we can pick up from that. Uh, you know, the, the years of high stakes that we played sitting at those live draft tables. Yeah. Learning you know, the hard way. Inevitably, <laughs> you will have moments of panic like yeah, that. Yeah. But it's it's about learning from them and not making that mistake again. Yeah, you want to just keep improving your process, I always say, every year. Um, learn from the mistakes and those moments that, you're, that you fear and learn how to avoid them the best you can and put yourself in a position to take advantage of everything that the draft can possibly give to you. Yep. Yep, exactly. A little experience does wonders for you. It does. And our last segment for today, we are going to talk about uh, the first two and a half weeks of the 60-game season, uh, looking at it from a vantage point of starting pitchers only, pretty much. Yeah. Um, we're going to look at. Uh, we're going to give you a breakdown of a number of pitchers going at starting pitchers going after about pick 200 for the most part for the, most the part. majority of them will be after pick 200 so these are your late round guys your you know your late mid round guys to end yeah, game there's someone guys. like the 150 to 200 range but yeah we're pretty much trying to 
trying to look at guys who could be a boon or maybe some guys who you might want to avoid early on because of their schedule is so bad or so good early on that they become more or less of a target. Now. Exactly. So in this short in this short season, two and a half weeks is almost a quarter of the season. Yeah, so, exactly. So, you know, you think about it, it's like you holding these guys for a month and a half as opposed to two and a half weeks. Right. Like if someone starts with like four bad outings, what's the point? I mean, right. unless you trust them to be good enough in those outings, what do you what are you gonna draft them for? And the chances of them ending up back on the waiver wire, especially if it's a twelve team league, right. are pretty high if they're oh, yeah. they're get blown up in two of those outings. Right. So we're gonna look at an uh, we're gonna we're gonna go through the super divisions. We'll start with the west side. So we'll um, I'm gonna go through the AL teams first and then move over to the NL teams. We're not gonna hit on everybody, like we said. We're just no, gonna just hit on a couple targets. The 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 good-looking matchups and then some bad-looking matchups, but we're not going to hit on the the average stuff that you, you know, it's not going to sway you one way or the other. Starting with the Houston Astros, um, their first few series uh, they do start out at the Mariners, and then there's a couple games at, uh, at or, sorry, not at the Mariners, at home versus the Mariners, and then at home to the Dodgers, and then they go to the LA Angels. So there's a couple guys in there, uh, Lance McCullers and Josh James, who uh, look to be the third and fourth starters for the Astros. They're going to be uh, at home versus Seattle and then at the Angels. Those are a couple of pretty solid matchups to start out. And Josh James, the added bonus, that will be a two-start in week two for him. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So that's pretty nice. That is good. So see, he gets Seattle and the Angels both. Yeah, and I was a little concerned with him because he had not arrived – to camp until recently, but uh, they said that he's already up to like 75, yeah. 80 pitches. He said he's at 75, 80 pitches and ready sounds to like, blow. And he's not a guy who we're expecting to go much deeper than five, six innings, mm-hmm. but he's got some good skills, and uh, he's on a great team and good matchups early on. He's a guy now that I'm probably looking to target. Yeah, for those first couple matchups for sure. Yeah, and having him as a two-star is, is a That's nice, nice little yeah. bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on the other side of one of those matchups, the Angels are – Starting off pretty rough. Oh yeah, uh, at the A's. Then they are home to Seattle, but then versus Houston, uh, another at Seattle matchup. But then they go to Texas. Now we don't know how the Texas park is going to play. Right. People are saying it's going to sway a little bit more towards the pitching side, but still, I mean, it's a good offense in Texas to go up against. Uh, this uh, puts a little bit of a ding on one of our favorites, Dylan Bundy. Yeah, because he's at the A's versus Houston at Texas. All he got all of those bad starts. Yeah, it's not good. And uh, Griffin Canning as well, a uh, guy that we aren't really targeting. But right. you know, it's it's another reason just not. And to we bother. don't know. Like, there's so many things to consider here because they've got a six man rotation. We don't know what they're doing with uh, like if they're using Andres or yeah. Berea now because like they've got so many and injuries. Sandoval and COVID. is still out. Sandoval, they said, is probably not going to be ready to start the season. Tahirans on the IL with COVID. He hasn't COVID. been seen in forever. So it's such it's such a mess that you could get uh, a couple of good outings here against Seattle. And we don't know where they're slotting Otani in. They still haven't said, like, if he's going to pitch on a specific day. Yeah, like, we were hearing, like, that he might pitch every Sunday or something like that. that. that, I think people were saying this would be a great thing to do. Just give him a set day. Yeah. It makes sense. Give him a set day to prep for and. You okay. Know, I mean, to be honest nice with you, easy. I just haven't been on Otani, so I wasn't no, even yeah. really paying attention. When mm-hmm. you know. So, all in all, you know, I, I'm still going to draft Bundy, and I'm still going to be out on Canning. Um, Bundy's probably the only guy there that I'm interested in, and I'm just going to hope that he gets a, a matchup or two against Seattle early on. But it's pretty ugly to start with, it looks like. Yeah, that's not looking too good. The A's uh, do have some good matchups <clears throat> to start out. They have, they're home to the Angels and home to Colorado to start out. Then they go to Seattle, and then they're back home to Texas. So that's that's pretty solid. Uh, that's uh, yeah. really good news for Mike Fires. 
Yeah, Fires which, is actually kind of usable for yeah, the first couple weeks. First, especially the first two. Um, yeah, at, versus the A's and versus the Rockies at home. That's you, right. Anytime you get the Rockies at at uh, Unfortunately, your home park his two start includes a, a home start against the Astros, so that's not great. Right. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's looks the fourth like, start. Yeah. Looks like Puck also has some decent yep. outings Puck gets there. the Angels at home, and then he's at Seattle. That's a nice way to ease back into the rotation after your time. Yeah, I'm done. probably not going to take that that leap with him this year, but uh, it's he's usable for sure there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle, um, there's a decent amount of buzz about Justice Sheffield lately with that slider. Yep. Um, unfortunately, he is at Houston to start out as, as you say, Kikuchi. And they're also doing a six-man rotation. Right. Uh, yeah. I thought there were going to be more six-man rotations, but really the Angels and the Mariners are the only two confirmed ones we have yeah. right now. So they start out with pretty rough matchups, and later on they do get to be at home against the Angels and uh, against Colorado. So that's good for uh, Justin Dunn, Kikuchi, and Sheffield. Yeah, Dunn looks like he could face the Angels twice, and uh, if that's without Trout, that looks even better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, six-man rotation, so right. the two starts are limited. I mean, that's like a last pick kind of guy. Yep. So yeah, and we don't know about his longevity either. In terms, no, yeah, I mean, they might pull him after four. Sure, we know could easily happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rangers start out at home versus Colorado, which is a nice way to break in your new ballpark. That's sure. not too bad. Yep. So you know, we said most of these guys are after two hundred, but that is good news for Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, Corey Kluber. Uh, and the same guys get to be at San Francisco. Ooh, yeah, their next nice. starts, so that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, and for Kluber, no, actually for none of those, it's a two-start because they have a five-game week. That's second week. Boo, five-game weeks. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, and then Miner and Kluber get the Angels at home again in their next one. So those so those, those guys get to start off real yeah. nice. Yep. That is the AL West moving over to the NL West. Uh, nothing really good for Colorado. Um, anytime you're at Coors Field, it's not good. <laughs> doesn't matter who comes in there. Even when the Giants come in there, they can manage to do damage against you. So nothing really to see yeah, they there. they got seven games in a row at home, so some good matchups for their hitters. But uh, we, they start with a couple series away. Yeah, but, but they're at Texas and at We don't Oakland, really need to cover so. that because we're not yeah. really interested no. in any of their pitchers. Anyways. No, uh, some guys might still be hanging on to Marquez. But, or Gray, uh, I was going to say, but yeah. nah. Uh, the Diamondbacks... Uh, start out at the Padres. That's good. So that's good news for Luke Weaver, Robbie Ray, Zach Gallen. Uh, n- regardless of what order they end up being in, I'm not quite sure yet. Right. Probably um, Gallen will be the fourth or fifth. I'm guessing. I would think he'd be the fourth. That's what I'm thinking. Pro- oh yeah, probably. You got now. Merrill Kelly as the fifth. Right. Um, then they got a series against the Dodgers after a two-game set with Texas. Yeah, so that's great. that's rough. Uh, but then Gall- Gallen and Merrill Kelly get. Uh, to be at the Padres in their third starts. So those could be... Yep. Yeah, Gallon gets to be at San Diego twice. Uh, Merrill Kelly's another guy who, now that he might have a rotation slot, I'm a little interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's uh, He's got a velo uptick, and yep. he's looking like he could be... He's another guy that's decent. He was kind of all over the map last year. I had yeah. him, I dropped him, I had him, I dropped him. I kept struggling with him on my auction team. I don't know if I'd start with him because he starts at Texas and then versus yeah. the Dodgers, but uh, you might be able to grab week him three after that, at yeah. San Diego. I'd probably throw that if he looks good. Okay. Uh, Dodgers, you know, a lot of talk about the Dodgers pitchers. We've already touched on some of them. Um, yeah, they started with uh, home Alex, series against the Dodge or against Alex the Wood uh, gets, Giants. Gets three really solid starts to start out. Yeah, he does. Uh, gets the Giants at home twice. <laughs> and at Arizona, so yeah, that's, that's a nice part. That's real nice. Uh, Ross Stripling, if he's in the rotation, he starts out at Houston, 
but then he gets to be at the Diamondbacks and versus San Francisco, so he gets two Not starts. Yeah, yeah, two pretty good starts there. I, Wood is has been uh, outside of Kershaw the guy I'm interested in the most in that rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Diego, there's not a lot to speak of there uh, in terms of matchups. They are at San Francisco. Uh, so, you know, if you want to try and roll uh, Joey Lucchese. Nope. But uh, for Garrett not. Richards, that would that might be nice. Yeah, yeah, Richards would be good. I mean, he starts off uh, at home against Arizona. That's good, too. But then um, they go to Colorado, so. Yes. But Everybody else looks that like I Richards didn't... avoids it, though, thankfully. Yeah, he does. For him. Uh, but then he gets the Dodgers next. Right. So. Yeah. And that is no, it's not a two start for him. So you can you can start him in that giant start, um, and even versus Arizona at home, that might might that might not be so bad because you don't know how many starts you're going to get out of him anyway. So That's if you're true. drafting him, you're going to probably have to throw him. Yeah, and you, you know that they're probably going to ride him too. Yeah, yeah, they they only have him for this year. Right. So yeah, they have no reason to hold back. San Francisco, there is pretty much no reason to touch any of these guys to start Oof. out. We talked about Smiley a little bit, um, but we also touched on the piggybacking. It yeah. is going to be Other than pretty hot Marja, They're probably going to piggyback the other three, we would guess. Yeah, and um, they, they start out at the Dodgers. Yeah. Then they're home to San Diego and Texas, which isn't too bad. But then they go to Colorado, and then they're back at the Dodgers again. So yeah. pretty yeah. much no reason to draft not, those not guys. Not a lot of targets there. For those, if you're looking at matchups as right. a tiebreaker, you know, that'll, that'll break the tie for you. And that is the West... Super Division. We'll go down to the Central now. Most people start with the East, but you know we read left to right, so I'm going to start with the West. So There's no, world, no, no East Coast bias here. We're all just living in it. Because we're in the Central, so we're always in the middle of everything. Yeah, sure. Heart of it all. Uh, that's Yeah, we like to tell ourselves that. That, that is our, that one is of our, our state states. Motto, that's our so. travel slogan. Yeah, <laughs> the heart of it all. Nobody gives a crap. <laughs> we got nothing better to say, pretty much. We don't have as many cornfields as Iowa. <laughs> Less cornfields than Iowa. <laughs> We're not Detroit. Those why are, why those don't are I like, work for the State Department? Those are our victory songs right there. Yeah. Anyways, Central. Central. Chicago White Sox uh, start out versus Minnesota, so that kind of sucks. Um, if you were looking for Dallas Keuchel and uh, Reynaldo Lopez to start out your Who year for you. Who's looking for Dallas Keuchel? His mother. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's always somebody, man. I mean, does she, she doesn't listen to this, though. I don't know why you're talking about <laughs> Dallas Keuchel's mom. Uh, I'm going to tweet him, though. Right. I don't hate Dallas Keuchel. Oh, you know what? I kind of do. Because <laughs> I remember drafting him in the fourth round after that Cy Young season in my main. Was that 2016? You mean it's a bad idea to take a guy coming off a <sighs> career year at his high water ADP mark? We talked about living and learning from our mistakes, yep. Dave. So yeah. Okay. I, I've grown since then. Okay, good. Glad I, if I recall, you were on him as well that year. Was I? Yes, I don't even remember. It's possible. Yes. We were all on him that year. <laughs> <laughs> that ground ball rate was so nice, dude. That was that was when there was like, was there even Fangraphs back then? I mean, it was probably uh, yeah, wasn't. we there might was not have, I don't There even certainly know. wasn't Statcast. No, God, no. There was hardly any advanced statistics. Because people cared about ground balls back then, right? Yeah, we were like, oh yeah, he's got a great <laughs> ground ball rate. And now we're like, who gives a crap? Give me a guy who can throw like whiff guys. Like, yeah, that's right. all I care about. Uh, speaking of Dallas Keuchel's amazing skill set, uh, he does get to be at KC in his next start. As does Reynaldo and Dylan Cease, so that's yeah. not too bad. And Cease, uh, Cease is a guy who was falling uh, in in, mm-hmm. in the control issues, run. big control issues. Yeah, but but you never know. Huge talent, great velocity, um, in a great division for it. So I still like Cease. Yeah, he gets a two start in his in week two, which is like week you know half to one and a half. But, sure. Yeah. Uh, he's at Cleveland in the first start though, so that might be a little tougher. Yeah. Um, 
And then the next three or the next start for those guys is back to being kind of rough. Uh, Keuchel and uh, Reynaldo get uh, Milwaukee at home, which you know it's a good park-ish, but bad offense to go against. And Cease is at home versus Cleveland, so that's another yeah, kind of iffy, iffy start. Yeah. Um, so speaking let's of Cleveland, see, Cleveland, it, you know they, their schedule isn't too bad except for that at Minnesota in the middle of uh, week two, right? And that that kind of affects. You know, I, I not to not to bring him up for you, but the Beaver versus Clevenger debate. You know, we might as well talk about that a little bit. Um, who I've, gets who gets the better start in uh, start number two, Dave? Uh yeah. Well, I've tweeted this out before. So Beaver starts off with Casey and and Chicago White Sox. For those of you who don't know, the Indians have rightfully named Beaver their opening day starter. <laughs> Uh, and then Clevenger gets the the Royals as well, but then his second start is at Minnesota. So no dice for Cre- uh, for Clevenger on that second start. Um, they, they both get the, they the both Reds in, get the Reds know. in Cincy after that, and then they both get the White Sox uh, in Chicago after that. But so if you need a tiebreaker, looking for a tiebreaker, you've got health on Bieber's side, and you've got schedule on Bieber's side. In addition to all the other reasons that I've we love about. both, they're pretty much right but, next uh, to each other, but. Yeah, but like guys like Savali and Plesac were interesting. You know, they've got some uh, some decent. I mean, they they get the White Sox a couple times. Um, they do strike they, out quite a bit. Get, they do get Minnesota, um, which is not good. Obviously, you want to punch them there, but yeah. Uh, but I'm not really afraid of. Uh, the only problem is that is a, that Chicago. is a two start week for both of them, though. Okay. Savali and Plesac start at the or at home versus the White Sox, then they go to Minnesota. Okay. So you got to make a tough decision there. Yeah, I mean, well, definitely not Plesac. Yeah. Um, Savali, I, I probably want to see how he looks in his first start. Um, I well, might, you can't. I might consider. You can't. Oh, that's the first that's week. That's the first two starts. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Well, so, eh. you got to make a judgment based on summer camp. Fair enough. I don't know. That's uh, a tough one. It is. I, uh, yeah. I, I don't I'm know not going to make I'll it go. now, so. Right. we got more time. Uh, okay, Detroit. You know, they're, you know, everybody craps on Detroit, but. They they have some interesting starters. They might not get a ton of wins, but they right. got some skills in that right. rotation. Other than Jordan Zimmerman and Ivan Nova, of course. Wait, did you say skills or lack of skills? I said they don't have skills. Oh, oh. Those I guys you said don't they, have okay. skills. Okay, gotcha. Yes. That makes more sense. Matt Boyd starts out at Cincinnati. That's tough. Eh. Ish. That doesn't. Well, I'm fine with that. It's for not for a guy that's coming off a season where he ended giving up home runs like for a guy that was dozen. one of the best pitchers in baseball for the first half of last year, though. So I we're don't know. we're in on Boyd. It's a rough way we to are. start in my book. Though. I'm okay with it. Well, good. Let's have some dissension on this podcast okay. for a while. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Uh, then after that, they go to KC. Or they no, I'm sorry. They're home versus KC and home versus the Reds. So. Right. Turnbull gets a nice two-start to uh, begin his year. Real nice. And Boyd also gets the Royals at home. Then Boyd gets the uh, Cardinals at home, and Turnbull goes to the Cardinals, and then Boyd gets the uh, to be on the road against Pittsburgh. And that's yeah. a two-start week for him. So a lot he's of, lot got of good, some tasty starts. A lot there. of great starts for Tigers pitchers. So, uh, you know, Turnbull's definitely a guy that I'm very, very interested in this year. You know, if you're playing in a 30-team league, you can take a throw a dart at Michael Fulmer, too, because he's got those nice matchups as well. <laughs> I don't see Michael Fulmer. I'll never be fully off Michael Fulmer. I don't know that he even goes past three innings in any of those, honestly. I'm, I'm rooting for him. And I don't, uh, hey, rooting for him. But if you're asking me if I'm going to use a pick on him, nah. Yeah. A guy you might be using a pick on. Yeah. Uh, Danny Duffy. Certainly. We, we did allude to him as well. Yep. Um, kind of a mixed bag in the beginning here. Starts off at Cleveland. That's not horrible. 
especially since the Indians, you know, as a whole, Not never tend to do well against, against lefties. lefties. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be like the more of a soft tosser they are, the more Cleveland struggles against them. So, But then he goes to Detroit. That's a good one. And then he goes to the Cubs. Not great. Not great. But... It's, he also, but he he has to face the Cubs and Minnesota, right. so that makes that's it a two a pretty, star week. That 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 makes it a pretty easy bench for that two yeah. star, unless he looks like amazing in his first two starts, right. which yeah, maybe he will. But. Could be. I mean, he faces the Tigers though, so you have to take a gra- <laughs> yeah. Grano Salas with that one. Sure, sure. For those of you who don't speak Latin, that means grain of salt. Sorry, it means with a grain of salt. Okay. as you know, Jesus it's Christ, the ablative case. <sighs> Jerk. Educate yourself. Okay. Minnesota, speaking of them. Uh, Homer Bailey, one of uh, our buddy Tony's favorite pitchers. Homer Bailey. Yeah, I'm kind of with him on this, though. I, I yeah. like Bailey this year a bit. So, a um, he looks like he's put some things together, and he's on a great team. If and the splitter's still working. He's a guy who can go some innings, um, get some wins. You know, you can take him late enough that caught, not cost prohibitive at all. And, uh, you know, he gets the Cardinals at home, and then... After that, he gets the Indians at home, which is not awful, and then he goes to KC. So uh, yep. I'll take that start. Yeah, a lot of these lower-end Minnesota pitchers uh, start off really nice. Right. Um, yeah, same even, thing with Rich Hill. Yeah, Rich Hill, too. Rich Hill's got at home to the Cardinals, home to the Buckos, and then he goes to the Royals. I mean, that's a great way to start. Sure is, but... Boy, really oh ease that 40-year-old arm back into boy, it. Boy, oh, boy. If only he was going, you know, 350 still. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Odorizzi and Maeda also get that at the Buckos start, so that's uh, yeah, pretty good for that. You know, you guys were probably drafting both of them already, but right. Uh, the Cubs, uh, their lower end guys, Tyler Chatwood looks to be their number four starter for now, as long as Jose Quintana's out. He probably was going to be the five, but unless he walks seven thousand guys in summer camp, <laughs> which you know could be possible. It's a possibility. Uh, starts out at the res, as does Alec Mills, as long as he gets the number five job until Quintana looks like gets he bad. probably will. Yeah, he, down. For he's mo- interesting. By all accounts, Jose Quintana messed himself up pretty bad. So uh, yeah, cut uh, himself. Alec Mills could have a good three weeks to show what he's got if he earns that job. I, you know, I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna end up drafting him, but. I'm interested a little it's bit. It's possible. I don't want, you know, he's one of those guys who, oh, does he start with a two-start, it looks like? He does. At, and it's Cincy, at Cincy, and then versus Pittsburgh right. looks like what it, what's likely to happen. Right. So you gotta, you got to roll the dice on that Cincy start. I'm a, yeah. I don't but know. then he's at St. Louis in his third it's start. A, you know, it's not a bad, like, last pick of the draft. Nobody no. else is going to be on him. No. If you just yeah, need someone to, 28, 29 round to potentially stream, it's not, you could probably do worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Reds, you know, you're drafting Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo. The Trevor Reds have Bauer. a lot of high-end options, so yeah. there's not a whole lot of uh, streamers. Wade Miley, uh, Tony Disco are going a little later. Um, they, another mixed bag for these guys. Uh, one of their starts is at Detroit. Um, second start. Miley gets at, yeah, second start. Miley gets at Cleveland in his third start, and Disco gets at Milwaukee in his third start. Yeah, so those are and pretty tough. First they're at home against the Cubs, which is now, not we did say that, great either. Uh, you know, the Indians are not the best against soft tossing lefties, so Miley right. could work out in that start. But. Yeah, I'm probably just staying away from both of those guys. Neither of them are particularly interesting to me. <clears throat> uh the Brewers, um they go to Pittsburgh in their second series, so Josh Limboom and Eric Lauer get that as long as Lauer is back and healthy. Uh, right. We'll see what they do with that fifth spot. Well, we don't know because, yeah, between Chase Anderson and Eric Lauer. Oh, Chase, and he's Toronto now. Oh, that's right. Yep. I saw Anderson. He's in there as long as he's healthy. <laughs> 
That's Brett Anderson. Oh, yes. right. You're not drafting Brett Anderson, are you? I for I'm so far out on Brett yeah. Anderson, I completely forgot he was on the Brewers. <laughs> Speaking of soft tossing left. Oh my god. Uh, if anybody can go through like six innings without striking out a single batter, it's Brett Wouldn't Anderson. Wouldn't it be great if he ended up being like the next Jamie Moyer and he just pitched till he was like forty six? I mean, probably could. I don't know if you'd want Now he him was a health to. Ricks, but he's he's been healthy the last couple I mean, of years. Yeah, but I don't know why you'd want him to. I just just for fun. Why not? Baseball's supposed to be fun, Dave. Okay. Why are you such a downer? I, what? Because I don't want Brett Anderson? Oh, Josh Limbaugh also gets the Cardinals at home in his second start, so that's not a bad way to start out your uh, return to the States. It. Uh, I mean, he, he looked interesting. Um, MVP of the KBO. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times those guys struggle coming to the st- States, but he's been here before. Right. So... I feel like it probably won't be the kind of transition it is for a lot of the yeah, Korean we've seen starters. these guys do it. I, I don't remember what league C.J. Wilson was in, but you know he came back and right. turned into a different pitcher. It's, yeah, uh, I don't Miles Mikolas, he did the same thing. But anybody starting with uh, Pittsburgh and St. Louis uh, is okay by me. Yeah, it's not a bad flyer to take, and he's he's certainly not cost prohibitive. Great to start to start. Uh, with. Joe Musgrove, uh, kind of up and down in the beginning at St. Louis. Uh, versus Milwaukee at Minnesota, definitely a no. And then versus Detroit, well, I say definitely a no, but then you have to take into account that starts three and four or a two start. So yeah, you got one end of the spectrum and you got the other. Right. So that's a tough decision to make. I guess you can see how he's doing those first two starts. Yeah, I never know. I mean, you're starting that, him at St. Louis in his opening. Day I never start, know whether so. that guy's like healthy or not. I, I or. Gonna be himself, I guess. Yeah, the velo uptick uh, at the end of last year, if it holds, you know, he's like the Byron Buxton of pitchers. Like, oh, people are always. I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> Come on. But people are always like real in on Mus- Musgrove, and he always tends to let down. But he hasn't been doing it for as long. But for the, so. the stuff at the end of last year was probably the best we've ever seen it. So. Uh huh. It's uh, same the same thing about Byron Buxton. No, I never he said did. that about Byron Buxton. He had a really good end of the year. Oh yeah. Yeah, one of his homers was off Justin Verlander, so everybody was peeing yeah. their sel- themselves to draft him. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that one. Tell us how you really feel. Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, St. Louis. Um, some some end, end-ish game guys that yeah. are somewhat interesting. Uh, my boy Wayno um, <laughs> at home to the Pirates to start out, so you got to draft him. <laughs> Tenth round. You don't actually. No, but then he goes to Milwaukee, so that's pretty bad. And then he gets Detroit at home, so he's kind of all over the place in the beginning. You could use him for two of those starts, and then if he's bad, drop him. Uh, Miles Mikolas at Minnesota, but then at Detroit and at home to the Cubs. That's not too bad either. I want no part of him. But the second, the second one is. Oh no, I take that back. Yeah, the second and the third starts are two start. He ain't healthy. Um. Kim, Kim Kim is the interesting yeah, one there. Yeah, his first start is at Minnesota, so we're you're not assuming, using him for that. We're assuming he's going to get that rotation spot. It's still up in the air what they're going to do with Martinez. Um, I, I would assume that they put him back in the bullpen after Hicks opted out yeah. and Gallegos has COVID. And there's still no guarantee he's healthy. I right. Mean, he's, I mean, his velo was way down in the He's always had control issues as a starter. Um, he, only, he started the other day, but he only went two innings, so that's telling me that they probably want to use him more in that long relief role. Mm-hmm. Maybe to piggyback with someone even. I don't know. Could be. Um, but Kim is definitely the interesting one. Yeah, and, uh, if he's in that rotation, he's obviously got that first start at Minnesota that you want to skip, just kind of see how he does. But then he gets, then he's at Detroit, and then at home against uh, the Cubs, and that's a two start. And that's a two start. That's 
that's pretty good. So yep. Kim's a guy that I think is certainly worth a flyer if he gets that spot. Okay, and we're going to bounce now to the Beast East. And there's Ooh, a lot yeah. less to talk about here in yeah. terms of, like, savory matchups. Because, you know, I, I think it's been pretty well documented how rough the East is this year. There's not a lot of uh, dead money in the East. No. Uh, starting out with Baltimore, because why wouldn't we start out with Baltimore? I mean... That's where I'd want to start. Everybody's favorite all-star, John Means, uh, starts out at Boston. That could be good, could not be good. They do have a decent amount of lefties, and his velo is up. I probably would actually do that. Um, Opening with, day? With Betts not there anymore, I'm not super afraid of that offense. Um, and I like what I've been seeing of Means. Yeah. I mean, I know he's... Uh, Velo's up two mile an hour, right? Yep. Yeah, and, and we already know his changeup. He's very a guy good. who just has to make a little, couple little tweaks. Uh, you know, pitcher lists wrote articles on him talking about that. Um, he's a guy who I think. Yeah, you could is take interesting. A step. Yeah, very. I mean, you're not going to get more than five wins out of him. No, you're not drafting. I mean, same with the Tigers, though. The, you know? ball, the Orioles might not win five games. Yeah, the, um, the whole team, the whole season. But then he gets Miami at home in his next start, so you're going to want to use him for that. Yeah, those first two starts look okay to me. Then he goes. Then, then he has the Yankees and then Washington. So not Washington so on the road, which yeah. is I mean, just as bad as it. When can you're be. drafting him, you have to look at him as a streamer. You know, yep. he's not a guy who you you can. Yeah, and just you're not leave in your you're lineup. not taking him at a point where you're guaranteed. No. you have to play him every no, week. No, certainly so. not. Um, you know, you're not drafting Alex Cobb, Asher. You know, we saw some good things last year. Wojciechowski, yeah, yeah, I Mr. like him. Wojciechowski, um, you know, at Boston to start out, and he K'd 12 Red Sox last year in a yeah, pretty stellar outing. That's interesting. Um, I don't know if I want to start with him, but because uh, then he gets Tampa and New yeah. York Yankees. And there's not many that. matchups that you're going to be comfortable starting him, probably. Probably not, but he's interesting. He's mm -hmm. less interesting than Means. Mm -hmm. uh, the Red Sox, we, we already talked about how just horrendous their rotation is, if you can even call it a rotation. Yeah. They are abysmally bad. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who's worse between the Orioles and the Red Sox. It's it's pretty close. I'd probably say the Red Sox are worse right now. I would have way. to say without so. Without Erod, that's I mean, for sure. Yeah, without, with Erod, it's certainly the Red Sox. But uh, Nathan Eovaldi <clears throat> will be your opening day starter, and he does Woo! start out with the Orioles that's and at the Mets. So his first two starts are pretty good. Yep. Uh, then at Tampa Bay. Uh, looks like at Tampa Bay. We're, we're not quite sure how they're going to bounce yeah, Erod back they, in they there. Could, they could very well skip, like, Johnson or Weber? Uh, not in the first week and a half, or because there's no off days, so it doesn't. No, once like they get down it. to once like they, yeah, because then they August. have a five day week yeah. in week three, so that's possible. Right. Uh, but Erod could be back by then. At least but so Evaldi and Martin Perez could get a look at Toronto in that third week. Mm -hmm. So that would be interesting. So there, Evaldi is certainly interesting. He looked great this spring. Um, Martin Perez, I know you're way out on him, but uh, he's he's had some interesting developments recently as well. Um, All right. And then looking at the rest of the AL East, it is hard to find anything that's one way or the other, you know, really good or really poor. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at on Tampa. You got Yarbrough faces Toronto and uh, Baltimore. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, at Baltimore, but still. <clears throat> no, that's fine, though. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure McKay is not going to be ready to start the season, but Richards might get some starts, um, depending on whether he can... It doesn't yeah. look like he's going to be slotted against Toronto or Baltimore, but if he does get one of those, it could be interesting. Yeah, we don't know if Glassnow is going to be back. We don't know if Chirinos no. is going to yeah. be back. Uh, that's a very flux situation. And we know, I mean, the Rays and their propensity for doing all kinds of crazy openers and things. So Yeah, Toronto has some horrendous... 
yeah, they they look awful at Washington, home to Washington, home to Philadelphia, at Atlanta, at Boston, at Tampa Bay. All those terrible are yeah. really rough. And, and you know, you're not you're not thrilled to start a, many of those guys in that rotation. It's a big reason why I'm telling people like I, I get the Pearson's really talented, but the fact that the odds that he has some winnable starts against bad offenses where he goes six plus innings i don't see it happening often mm-hmm. at all i just i'm not in on him this year yeah with his his current price and they're probably not going to start with him in the rotation anyway i think right. it's pretty much a foregone conclusion he'll be down at least for the first week yeah so yeah it's i think there are better gambles to take as well yeah so that's the AL East. Yeah, the Yankees, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Not a whole lot to speak of there in terms of. Well, Jordan Montgomery is. I like. I, I, he, I'm interested in him, but he starts at Philly, then versus Boston, and then at Tampa. Yeah, Tampa. None of those are great. Right. Um, Velo uptick again. Another yeah. guy that we like what he did in spring. Uh, had a oh, really yeah. good control. Really spring, good spring. Really yeah. good K's. I'm still in on him. In on him, but uh, I. The, it's tough to use him mm-hmm. early yeah. on. Right. At, and that's a two-start at Philly versus Boston. So. I don't know how I feel about that, honestly. You, I mean, if you draft him, you got to start him. I, that's, so. what I, that's what I think, So too. it's all yeah. about whether or not we want to draft him. Right. Uh, the Braves. Um, a, lot of, a lot of middling matchups. Um, yeah. At home to the Mets in the middle of, or at the end of week two. So, Fulte, right. uh, we're assuming Sean Newcomb and Kyle Wright get the four and five shot, uh, spots to start out. Looks like Wright. Uh, Newcomb, you know, he started before, he's relieved before, so they're not beholden to him, and they have other options too. You know, they got Ian Anderson lurking around as well. Yeah, um, I mean, Kyle Wright is such an elite talent that he's still interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not going to start him at Tampa, but I'm going to be watching that start, and I might draft him, watch him at Tampa, and then decide if I'm going to start him at well, home against the Mets, which is not a bad. That's a two start though. Oh, it is. Can't can't do that. Okay, not in NFBC, y'all. Yeah, I guess that's a situation where if you take him, you probably you gotta just got to roll him. Probably. Yeah. Because you're probably going to have to take him at a point where he's like your sixth or seventh starter. Right. I would think. Yeah. When the mains come Fair around enough. for us. Newcomb's got some, I mean, he's got, uh, he starts at, at Tampa and then versus the Mets, but then he also has Toronto. And at, the home. Next, at home. At home yeah. the next year is not bad. That's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, the Marlins. Um, you know, we the, the Marlins, they have interesting starters to a point. Yeah. Some late, um, they're all they're all pretty much late guys, right? Other you than know, Caleb, you can take yeah. Well, yeah, he's yeah. Caleb goes some mid rounds, yeah. Yeah, uh, he starts out at Philly, but then his next start is at Baltimore mm-hmm. and at home to Philly, so that's not as bad you know, at he, all. He's he's had a velocity drop. He looked bad this spring. He's yeah, not a his, guy. His control know. was off again. Yeah. Um. So we don't know if he's fully healthy or not. I, you know, I I know Pitcher List had a podcast where they interviewed him, and he talked a good deal about how. The injuries really just sapped everything out of him yeah, last year. Yeah, so, right, and I remember that, but, uh, but you know, the spring it seems like are, he's still yeah, not healthy. They're indicative uh, of maybe some issues still. Right, right, and, uh, you know, you're talking about Pablo Lopez and Yamamoto starting off against Baltimore at home, but then they have to face the Nationals as the and second that's a part of that two-start. Yeah. So it's like, ugh, I don't really, yeah. not really that Very interested tough. in that. Um, speaking of the Mets, or was I? No, I wasn't. I lied. I was looking at the Mets, and then I said that. Boy, way to go, Jake. You're you're on your game. It's late. It um, is. Yeah, Jesus Christ. The Mets, yeah, they, they got some rough matchups. They got a lot of Atlanta. They got a lot of Washington. But then they have Miami at the end of week three. So yeah. it's hard to say if uh, Rick Porcello or Steven Matz is going to be the three or the four. Right. Whoever's the four is going to get the Marlins. 
And then Michael Walker is probably the five, so he's going to get the Marlins at home as well. So if you're drafting for those, you're going to have to hang on to him for a little while probably. Yeah, see, like, I'm probably not. I'm just going to, you know, for those first couple starts, you, you someone's probably going to drop them because you're going to be streaming guys. Right. So you're going to be picking up guys and dropping someone. Braves, they got you know, Red Sox, they got Braves get again. Could in his first two outings, and then you can pick him up for his third. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I don't know. Maybe someone will hold him just to get that Miami start. But, I mean, I don't know if Mott's is really worth holding for that long. Yeah. Uh, the the Phillies, man, they're they're kind of in shambles, too, because we know Zach Wheeler's probably not going to start the season in the rotation. With yeah, the, we don't know much about Philadelphia good. at all, like what they're no, doing. Other than Aaron Nola being healthy and Jake Arrieta's ghost still floating around there, that's pretty much <laughs> the majority yeah, of like, things we, we think, know for sure. We think Eflin's going to be in the rotation, um, whether Velasquez and or Pavetta. Might yeah. be in there. Pavetta is um, still, still doing his Pavetta stuff. So, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Once they have a set rotation, I'll, I'll take a look at where they line up in the schedule, and there might be something because, you know, they face Toronto, they face Miami twice mm-hmm. in the first couple weeks. So right. there might be a couple so of you, streamers. If you draft options. Arietta, you can use him against Miami twice in his first three starts. Uh, but he does have an at the Yankees but in there. But he so is still Jake Arietta, correct? Uh, yeah, well, and he's the ghost of Arietta. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then yeah. I'm probably going to be out on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then does Spencer Howard come up in week two? Yeah, because they'll definitely keep him down for the first week to get that other year of eligibility, but then they have no reason, especially especially now, they have no reason not to bring him up. So I, I can't, yeah, with with how bad the rotation looks right, right now, and Zach Wheeler might be out the whole year if he yep. decides to do that. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they're probably going to go that route. I um, would think so. Um, like, I'd still I mean, be it's in. a winnable year for them. They've spent a lot of money. Yeah, you know, they're definitely going for it. Yeah. For I don't sure. see why they wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, the world champion Washington Nationals there's some interesting ones here um, for sure. Very interesting ones for your uh, four and five starters, Anibal Sanchez and Austin Voth, presumably. Right. We, I mean, roster resource still has Eric Fetty as the fifth starter. I'm not sure why they would no. do that. We're very, very much in love with Austin Voth. Yes. And they start out at, well, those two guys start out versus Toronto at Miami and versus Baltimore. So that doesn't get much better than that. Very palatable I mean, first three starts. You know, Anibal Sanchez, I know he's scary to watch, but the guy yes, limits, do not watch his starts. Don't watch his we, starts. We did that I too did much that last year. year. Oh my god, it was like heart palpitation. How did that not get killed? I know, how did that I not know, get but killed? But the guy knows how to limit hard contact. Um you know, you're not going to get a ton of strikeouts from him, but you're going to get some. But and it's he's a great team. He's on a great team, and he's got three great starts to start the year. He's definitely a guy who I'm probably going to be drafting yeah, at the end of my draft. And those first two are a two-start for both those guys. So yeah. You're drafting um, them, you're, you're throwing them. And, yeah, I definitely love Voth, mm-hmm. so that's that's a guy who I could see yeah, keeping. A lot of but, love for Voth in the community. But Annable sure. is uh, a guy who I was certainly not on, but, you know, the fact that he's got those three great outings, why not? Right. Uh, now, I have put together a Google sheet of all of these scheduling uh, breakdowns. I am working to get that on the website for y'all. Uh, on Rotosaurus. Once, yeah, on Rotosaurus. Once I figure out how to embed all these Google Sheets and learn how to do all this crap again, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll tweet it out and let you guys know where the link is. Um, but when that, yeah, when that's, when that's ready, I'll and let we'll y'all know. we'll try to keep it updated because yep. it'll definitely change. Yes, I will be definitely keeping this updated for you all because this, this is super valuable in this short season, we, as we talked about. I mean, yeah. This, this, is, this is more than just a tiebreaker for some guys. Like, oh, yeah. This no, is a quarter of the season. You can't even call yeah. it a tiebreaker. This is something that you have to look at because, like you said, 
these first three weeks are like a quarter of the season. So right. if you're drafting three guys that you don't want to start in their first two starts, right. what the hell are you going to do like, with Once them? you get to the point where you're talking about a guy who isn't good enough to be started in any game against anybody, you need to be looking at the schedule. Yep. Because you don't want to have several of those guys with bad matchups all in the same weeks all on your team. So I very much think you should be familiarizing yourself with the schedule once it's finalized. Right. Hopefully you guys as much are, as possible. Hopefully you guys are kind of getting used to doing this in September, so this won't be too big of a yeah. a shock for you all. Yeah, but, I heard, uh, uh, I think it was Matthew Davis was talking about how, or was it Nick? No, it was Nick Pollock. Talking about how he, uh, every September, oh, yeah. looks at every single player, who they start against. And I'm like, I've been doing this for years. I've right. been doing this for probably a decade. So He puts I'm, it out right there. He puts it out there at least the last two years, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, but and even before Nick Pollock It's a lot started, of work. But... It is a lot of work, and we really appreciate it. But even before he did, I did it myself. So, yep. And I still kind of do it. And it's, it's, it's something that every experienced high-stakes player does. Yeah. I mean, even if they don't talk about it, they do it. September is the worst. Yep. So... Now you get to do it for a little over two months. Yay! Woohoo! But you have fab. To, you haven't spent all your money yet. Because that's true. You haven't had a chance that's to blow it. To, all. That's what Tony's whole purpose is: yeah. to make sure I don't spend all my money. <laughs> he he, he, he holds the purse strings. Yes. Well, thank you all for sticking with us through this whole episode. I know it's You're lucky run. I stuck with you. It's run pretty so long. I didn't fall asleep. I didn't fall asleep on the microphone like Mike Curland. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Mike. You don't want to be Sleepy Jake. <laughs> Sleepy Jay, no. Sleepy I'm, Jay. I'm I'm good being the dust mite. I'm fine with that. Okay. Uh, check out Rotosource.com. Uh, look at Dave's closer charts, closer rankings, closer. Uh, Still updating pretty much every day. Speculative save list. Yep. COVID watch. COVID. It's all there for you in the menu bar at the top. Uh, we're gonna keep pumping out these episodes. Yep. We're we're sticking to our schedule pretty well. Um, fairly well. We're a little bit. Be- we're a day behind where we wanted to be, but yeah. you know, who's who's counting? Other than us, um, I am at the Dustmite on Twitter. By Dave, way, are you st- are. Are we still not at iHeartRadio yet? Did they not accept nah, this yet? No, they, they don't care. Okay, screw them. Okay, yeah, whatever. I'm at Run DMCD. Very good. Uh, thank you all so much for. Uh, we didn't touch on this yet. Our fourth episode, we were ah, so yes. so overwhelmed with how well you all received our fourth episode. Yeah, it was really cool to see. Um, you know, obviously, any of you that, that make podcasts, you know how heartwarming it is in the beginning to For sure. to know that people are listening and they appreciate your work. And, and we want to just take a second to... Thank uh, you, guys. Very, very, very honestly and truly thank you all for the outpouring Definitely. of support for our fourth episode and, and all the listens we've had to our first three as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think Michael Simeone's comment, like I I, I had the feels from that yeah. for like two straight days. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> when somebody really cool. can say something that definitive about your yeah. your work, it yeah. uh, it really hits home. We you know, it. like we we try to do something different from what a lot of other people do, um, and it's nice that that's appreciated by people. So it's it's really encouraging and and makes me keep kind of wanting to pump out that uh, that kind of strategy stuff that I that I keep coming up with because uh, I. Hopefully it helps you guys a little bit, like it's helped me over the years. That's, so. that's why we're doing this. Exactly. It's not like we're making millions of dollars off of it. So. Or wait, have we even made any dollars? Uh, five. Yes. Boom. That's nice. gonna that's gonna pay for about two percent of right, the you, audio equipment. Go buy I bought. a twenty piece chicken McNugget no, from McDonald's. No, that's going back in my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I've shelled out too much money to begin this thing. That's fair. Um, so again, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Yep. Uh, we really it appreciate means it, guys. a lot. It means so and, much. Um, Hopefully, hopefully uh, this one you guys like as well. But uh, 
it was just really cool to see that response. Please keep sharing the podcast on Twitter to your friends. Um, yeah, we appreciate that. As that well. means so much to us. Uh, please keep rating and reviewing the pods on uh, Apple. Yeah, because I, I don't know how to read it. There's not a lot else. of platforms that allow you to review as far as I know. I know yeah. Podcast Addict does. We use Podcast Addict. Just started Addict. allowing yeah, a couple it. months we ago. We have like yeah. one rating. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. I think it's bedtime. Yeah. I'm surprised that I haven't fallen asleep, as I said. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care. All right. Good night.